Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Wait, that name actually did hurt me, and I remember it since the third grade. What a bunch of rubbish. Join us today as we talk about the power of the tongue. Plant a seed in my soul. Hey there, high school students. Welcome back to our Grounded podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the tongue. This is a very controversial subject because a lot of people really don't think that words have all that much power. There's a lot of people that practice lying. There's a lot of people that uh, practice name-calling. And I've even heard recently that the Bible doesn't say it's wrong to cuss. So I thought we would just take a moment to read the Bible and find out for ourselves what it actually says about our words. Do our words have power? I mean, can I actually hurt somebody with my words? Of course, most of you listening already know the answer to this. The answer is absolutely yes. I started out telling a little rhyme, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's like a little thing that we say when we're little in order to try to maybe deflect words that are hurtful and harmful. But in reality, you can't really deflect them. I mean, once a word is said or a name is called, it's done its damage. And the only way to undo that is to ask for forgiveness to acknowledge that that word was harmful and to ask for forgiveness. So let's look at a couple of verses. I've got the um, computer open here. I've already pulled out a few verses that I wanted to cover. So let's start with Ephesians chapter 4, looking at verse 29. It says in Ephesians 4 verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but, listen, what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to its hearers. So here Paul is writing and he's telling us, let no corrupt word proceed out of our mouths. Now the word corrupt means rotten, foul, or unfit. So let me ask a question. Can the F-bomb, can another profane language or use of a word, can that bring edification? The word edification means to build up. To build someone up. Can a, a word like the F word, can that build somebody up? The answer is no. It's a word that when you hear it, it's shocking and tears you down. So by very nature of the use of the word, it's used in a situation to tear people down. And, and some people use those words as if it were second nature, meaning they use them and they don't even think about it. Now, that's the world. Okay, people in the world use foul language, and that's the world. But in the church, there's no place for it. So here we see in Ephesians 4.29 that we're not to let any corrupt word proceed out of our mouth, only what's good for edification. And he goes on to say that it's going to impart grace to the hearer. And that's meaning it's going to be build up or bless or benefit in some way. So let's use those words, build up, bless, or benefit. Okay, so let's look at Colossians 3.8. Colossians 3.8 says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. Okay, now he gives a list. Anger, wrath, 
malice, blasphemy, and then look at this one, filthy language out of your mouth. We're to put it off. We're not to use foul language any longer. I don't know what else you could think that this means and, and say, oh, the Bible doesn't directly address cussing, for example. Uh, it actually does directly address cussing and so much more. Yes, this is vague. No, I shouldn't say vague. That's not the word I meant to use. Broad. How's that? It's broad in its description. Anything that's filthy language, and that word filthy is not, by the way, it's not the same Greek word for the word corrupt. This word filthy means abusive, dirty, or vile. So these are words that tear people down, leave people distraught. They, they inflict pain and hurt. And so they're described as such. That can be a string of words that maybe there's no cussing in. It's calling someone a name or putting someone down, saying someone's ugly, for example, or something like that. So those are words that tear people down. Now, turn to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. That's Proverbs 12, verse 18. Listen to this. Here Solomon says, There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. That doesn't sound good, right? But the tongue of the wise promotes health. So there's a contrast here. One that speaks like the piercings of a sword. Well, what happens if, if you're walking down the street, someone runs up and starts stabbing you with a sword? Are they, are they going to bring health to you or death? This is the example, right? So these piercings of a sword, they're hurting. They're cutting. They're tearing someone down. They're tearing someone apart. But the tongue of the wise promotes health, meaning someone who uses their words rightly brings health. It brings blessing. The truthful lip, he goes on to say, shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Okay, because lying, uh, calling someone names, using cuss words, these all have something in common, and that is that they all tear people down. When you lie, you're not telling the truth, and so when you lie, you're tearing people down. You're tearing down your own moral character when you lie. You're tearing down the ability for someone to trust you when you lie. And so it's important that we understand a truthful lip will be established forever, but a lie or a lying tongue is but for a moment. Listen to what he says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. Proverbs 15, verse 4. He says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Wow. Perverseness in it. Uh, the Bible also talks about coarse jesting. That's talking about or, or retelling dirty jokes, sexual jokes, um, all that sort of stuff. And so as believers, our words are supposed to build up, benefit, and bless others. Now, there are times where it's not going to seem like that. So, for example, when you're telling someone the gospel and you're telling them that they're a sinner and they need to repent of their sins, that see, that is not making them feel good about themselves. Most people don't want to recognize the fact that they're a sinner, and, and that's a, an affront to them. But that word is true, and I think that it should always be presented in a loving manner. 
But when you do, the truth is what's piercing like a sword, not the the words themselves because they're negative, but the words because they're truth and the Holy Spirit is bringing the conviction from God's word. It's piercing their soul to ultimately bring health. You have to understand the difference. So it's ultimately going to present or um, provide health in them. If they become born again, they're going to go to heaven. So see the difference. Now turn to James chapter 3, and let's read James chapter 3, because he talks about the tongue, uh, and, he, and he uses some examples. So we'll pick up in verse uh, 4 here, okay, just to save a little bit of time. He says, look at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Listen to this. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Think about that for a second. All it takes to burn thousands of acres of forest is one little spark. Think, think if, you, if you light one match, it doesn't even last that long before it goes out, right? But if you take that match in the right circumstances, it can light a forest on fire. Just that little tiny flame. So what's James getting across here? He's getting across the power of the tongue. The tongue can be used to build up, bless, or benefit, or tear down and destroy. And we don't want to do anything as Christians also that would reflect the nature of Satan. Satan, the Bible says, is the accuser of the brethren. Jesus said he is the father of all lies. So think about the destruction that Satan brings through the tongue. So we want to make sure as believers that our tongue promotes health and builds people up. So gossip tears people down. Lying tears people down. Calling people names, that tears them down. It's just sad to me sometimes to hear people call themselves Christians and their tongue is out of control. That's James' whole point here. And so he goes through this, and he even gets to the point where he says that the tongue is so set among the members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. That's pretty gnarly. And then he goes on to say in verse 10, actually verse 9, with our tongue we bless God, right, and curse men. And he says, my brethren... um, Forgive me. Let me read this. He says, Whether we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. And then he says, My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does this spring send forth fresh water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So here's the, here's the key. Let me bring it all home with this. The words that come out of your mouth were first in your mind. And the Bible makes a connection between the mind and the heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So ultimately, before I say something, it's already been a thought in my mind or it's a state of my heart. When we speak, it reveals what's going on in our heart. So if, I am, if I'm lying, if I'm gossiping, if I'm tearing people down, Ultimately, that's a revelation of what's going on in my heart. 
I'm obviously not close to Jesus if that's the way I talk. So I want to encourage you and challenge you, number one, if you're that person that's let your tongue run wild, then I would ask you to immediately repent and ask God for forgiveness and cleansing. And then here's the key. In order for that to change, you've got to change what you're putting in. See, what you can only, what comes out is what goes in. So if I'm putting the world in, worldly music, worldly uh, entertainment, audio, video, whatever, reading, it's just constantly world, 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 world. Then what's going to come out? World, 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 world. It's the same if, if I spend like three minutes a day reading my Bible and I spend, you know, 180 minutes on everything contrary to the word of God, it's more likely that the 180 minutes of worldliness is going to come out than the three minutes that I spent with Jesus. I understand you can't spend 180 minutes with Jesus and three minutes in the world. It just doesn't work that way. But we can limit what we're putting in through our ears and through our eyes. We need to be careful about what we're watching and consuming and, and what we call entertainment. We've also got to be careful about what conversations we're having and listening to. Look, we love our friends. We want to be there for our friends. But when our friends are tearing others down, we just need to lovingly tell our friends not to. Okay, you, you got to pray and ask the Lord to give you the wisdom in how to tell your friend. But you've got to you got to lovingly point them to Jesus and stop them from tearing others down. Because we need to, to focus on, and look, even more so now, we need to build each other up. It's already that the world is beating on the church. We don't need the church beating on the church. The church needs to be a sanctuary. Brother and sister in Jesus, listen to me, and please, let me plead with you. Let's, let's draw near to Jesus, as it says in James, so that he'll draw near to us. Let's cleanse our hands, and let's promote building people up, blessing people, encouraging people. And as the Bible says, so much more as we see the day approaching. And that day that the Bible is referring to is Jesus' coming back. So let's make it our goal. Look, you guys, we all have to focus on this. We all have to work on it. It's easy to tear people down. It's hard to build people up. I've been challenged by this for years. So it's not something that I have perfected. But what we can do is when we've blown it, we can immediately ask for forgiveness and make it right. So let's make sure that our words are promoting health, building others up, and benefiting others so that we can impart grace to the hearers. Whoever is hearing us speak, let's practice that. And listen, if you've been torn down, if you've been beat up by others' words, I just want you to know that that's not the way that God looks at you. When God looks at you, he loves you. He sees who you truly are. And by the way, this physical outward appearance isn't the real you. So I know that it's so hard because our world focuses so much on the external. And if you don't fit the mold, you, you don't quite fit in. And I just want you to know that that's not true in the body of Christ. At least it shouldn't be. 
And I know that that's so hard in the high school time of life when that's that's what so much of the focus is on. You know, what brand shoes you wear, what kind of shirt you wear, what music are you listening to? You know, do you have white AirPods, you know, or do you have an iPhone? Do you have an Android? You know, do you have the, the latest, coolest, whatever it is, that's the focus of the world. But listen, the church should be a different place for people that look like doesn't matter what or sound like it doesn't matter what. The church should be a place for people to come in and find refuge and be able to draw near to Jesus. And if they don't know him, it should be a place where they can come to know him. Because when they walk in, we didn't look at them and say, whoa, look at you, you're this, that, or the other. But because we said, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Why don't you join with me in making a change in each of our lives personally? And I'll tell you what. I can only start with me. You can only start with you. So I'm going to pray. And if you want to just pray along with me and agree with this prayer, then do so. And if you don't, yeah, just go ahead and turn off the podcast right now. But let's pray. Father, I just pray for all those listening right now. Lord, that your word would have had an effect on our hearts and our minds. And Lord, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if there is a student watching uh, that has been caught up in gossip or lying or backbiting or, or cussing or whatever it is. I mean, your Bible tells them to repent, but they're not condemned. You just want to wash them and you, you want to change this behavior so that they can be a blessing and a benefit to others and ultimately lay up treasures in heaven. Father, I pray that you would forgive me of how I maybe speak shortly with people at times or Maybe don't communicate well enough or come across maybe in an unloving way. Maybe there's not enough grace in my speech. Then, Father, forgive me and help me, Lord, to be more like you, Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus, you are full of grace and truth. So help us as your children to be full of grace and truth. God, we surrender this day to you. Be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening each week. Look, if you like what you're hearing, just go ahead and subscribe. Send us an email if you have a question, you have a prayer request or, or anything at hsgrounded at calvarycch.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Plant a seed in my soul.